Ronnie, what's going on, man? This is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. No. Actually, our- well, I totally messed it up. First of all, welcome <laughs> to everybody <laughs> for joining us. This is another episode of Everything Virtual. Um, and this is our, our, I guess, our January version of State of VR. Uh, so if you're listening to the audio version, there is a, a video version of this episode up. Uh, we have started doing this kind of monthly series of State of VR. And Ronnie and I are actually testing out a new um just kind of recording service online where we can see each other visually and virtually. Um, I am in LA, Ronnie's in Chicago. And um, yeah, I think, I think this is working out kind of cool. How you been Ronnie? Yeah, I, I've been great. So really busy. Uh, it's been like a crazy last, like, you know, end of 2020 or end of 2019, 2019. moving into 2020. Uh, but yeah, things are going well. How about you? Holidays were good, man. Uh, just honestly, just trying to get back into it. And I know it's, it's weird because it's like back into it now, but it's already like January 20th at this point. So we're already like the end of the month. It's just, it's, it's just kind of nuts how, how quickly things are flying by. But, um, but yeah, no, everything has been well on my end. And, uh, you know, the VR is in a, in a very exciting spot. Well, actually you and I were talking about before, you know, we, we hit record that there's been this kind of lull post holidays. Yeah. But I think one of the big things that has, you know, both you and I really excited just about, you know, no pun intended, but the state of VR and virtual reality right now is the fact that like all major headsets are sold out and they won't be back in stock until like, uh, I think you mentioned February. Yeah. February or March even like it. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, obviously the companies are trying to restock as soon as they can. So like, I think I saw stories coming out today that the index has been sold out for months now. I want to say it's probably been sold out since right around the Half-Life Alex uh, mm-hmm. trailer and, and all of that uh, information dump. Since that came in, in November, it pretty much sold out you know, shortly after that announcement. And now I saw something saying that Valve is hoping to have them back in stock before the release of the game. Uh, and, and right now the tentative release date is March of this year. So but who knows if that's going to get pushed? Who knows? Like, we, we don't know a whole yeah, lot yet. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I mean, you can't get a hold of an index right now. And, and the Quest is completely sold out uh, through February or March, I believe, as well. So, and this has been something that, you know, since we've not, uh, since, since we've been off air for a little bit, I mean, it's been, it, it kind of sold out, you know, since we recorded our last episode and it yep. stayed sold out kind of throughout the holidays. So it's, it's a good thing, obviously, like the fact that there's demand for the headsets, it's a bad thing just that people aren't able to get them in their hands and, and, and people aren't able to buy software right now. Like if they're, if, if you're someone that doesn't have a headset that was eager to spend money during the holiday break, you Mm -hmm. know, that's potential lost revenue, I guess, for some of the folks out there developing games. But, but again, like you can't be, super disappointed in terms of it's it's awesome that they're in demand and i've even had people over the holiday like like i said like i've personally felt the impact of this just in terms of showing especially the quest to people over the holidays yeah and a couple of people being ready to jump in and me having to show them that you know no they're actually sold out (laughs) yeah no it's kind of crazy but but the thing is like i you know this is what we were I, I dare say expecting and be hoping for, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, there was, 
at, at least you know for us, and I'm sure just kind of like the the core VR community, there was a lot of excitement when the when the Quest specifically specifically came out, right? And to me, I was just like, I cannot wait for the holidays because when people are looking for gifts and you know what they would normally spend the three to five hundred dollar price range, what they would normally spend on like a Nintendo Switch or a PlayStation Four or, or Xbox. I feel like some of that money will go towards VR headsets, especially you know with with the Quest kind of being an all all inclusive or all in one headset. Mm-hmm. Um, th- uh, to me, there was a lot of excitement for that, and it's really cool to see that it actually played out in a sense where hey, this demand for VR is there, and that you know, I mean, they're sold out for for two to three months or one or two months after the holidays, which yeah. to, to me is awesome. Like as as obviously for us VR enthusiasts trying to see or wanting to see this industry grow. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's fantastic. Obviously it sucks for anybody who's trying to get a headset, yeah. but in terms of like seeing the demand there, like they're, you know, it's, it's, and I know it's, it's taking three years. We're, we're coming up on four years in April since the launch, you know, the first five and the, the first Oculus Rift, but they're, I mean, you know, there's, there's some really cool things on the horizon. And the fact that like people are scrambling to the point that these companies are out of stock now to get their hands on a headset is is fantastic. So yeah. to me, to me, it's a good problem to have for the industry, right? Because it's, it's like this demand isn't necessarily going to go away. People want headsets and it sucks that they didn't get them over the holidays, but I'm sure they'll still want them for the upcoming games, experiences and things like that. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, to me, it's, it's a really, really cool thing to see uh, for the industry. And I mean, yeah, this is... I think this is what we were, at least for me, what what I was really hoping for and somewhat expecting after the success of the Quest launch, um, mm-hmm. you know, halfway through last year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. No, I'm I'm happy about it as well. And yeah, I just want them to be, you know, back in stock so that more people can get a hold of the headsets, especially given that like kind of like what you mentioned before, I think right now is kind of a sweet spot time. Um, in terms of we're at that kind of the end of life on a lot of the other consoles. Mm-hmm. And, oh, true, yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know. You hear Sony's not going to E3 again this year? Yeah, I heard, I heard. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like they might just be pulling the plug for good. Who knows, but. Oh, um, man, that'd be, oh, well, yeah. That, yeah, we'll that, see. But, 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 I mean, but regardless, like, you know, it, in the coming, like, probably m- more towards, you know, I'm trying to think if we have release dates on, like, uh, on X, Xbox Series X and all of those. But, I mean, at the earliest, those are coming out late 2020, more like 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly the date, but I'm pretty sure 2021. Yeah. Well, I, I, either way, so, you mentioned this before we even got on, on the call as well, about how we're kind of in a lull period for VR hardware too. Yeah, um, we are. So, you know, it's, it's so been a little a, slow because yeah. of that. No, that's a good, that's a good segue into that because yeah, like I, um, yeah. Cause I think that part of that discussion was heading into kind of what VR announcements or lack thereof that we saw in CES 2020 mm-hmm. and kind of just how in general right now, I think a lot of, a lot, a lot of products in the technology space are kind of, you know, in this kind of middle zone where, uh, it yeah. looks like this year is kind of more of a transition year, at least at least for the technologies that I'm interested in. Um, like I said, a lot of the next gen consoles aren't coming out for another year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of on the back burner. And then a lot of the for, from the VR enthusiast perspective, uh, we had 
you know, all of the major players in the VR space released kind of their, their last first gen VR uh, headsets uh, mm -hmm. last year. So in, in 2018, 2019, we saw a lot of, a lot of awesome announcements and a lot of awesome releases. The, the Valve Index, the, the Quest, the, the Oculus Quest, the Oculus Rift S. We, all, we saw HTC releasing uh, the Cosmos, which you know hasn't done well, but it was kind of their big push. So if they're going to be releasing another headset, you would imagine that won't be for some time. Yeah. Um, so, so most of those major players have released, you know, their, their current headset that's going to kind of kick into the next two, two or three years, I would imagine. So they're well, right now we're kind of on a three year cycle, at least for Oculus. Yeah, um, no, that's a good point. So but sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, so with all that said, um, you know, I wasn't expecting there to be any big hardware announcements at CES this year. And, and for the most part, that's exactly what happened. I mean, there were some of the, some of the, the, the common players that we see, like releasing headsets over and over again, like uh, Pimax, I think was showing some stuff off. Um, and then there were some random companies kind of, kind of getting into the fray, I think more mm -hmm. for uh, media purposes, like in terms of getting into VR media and potentially future AR type projects. But like Panasonic released kind of these, uh, they look cool from a design perspective. Uh, they, they were like almost like little cups that went mm -hmm. on your eyes and they look much smaller in terms of form factor. But it, it just sounds like everybody that got a chance to try those and most of the other headsets, I mean, they're neat and they have some cool ideas behind them. But in general, unless you've been in the VR space for a while now, um, there's just no way you can bring a great product to market. I mean, it's just that... I think the technology is on on what like what we're expecting now yeah. in terms of no I'm I'm just saying in terms of like in order to make a good VR headset in 2020 I think you kind of have to like I'm not saying you have to be part of the like invested infrastructure but like just uh, Oculus and Valve in particular have got this stuff down really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And so and so when you when you look to other headsets that are coming out in the market, there's just a lot of a lot of things that are left to be desired in those headsets. They have a lot of catching up to do in order to 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 get where some of the major players are. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I I think I, and actually to to your point as well, I think that they're I think it's even more difficult now to differentiate yourself, right? Because you you not only need to have a competent and well-run machine, but you need, like there needs to be a differentiating factor on there yeah. because because what's what's happened is that Valve through Steam and, and HTC as well, HTC and Valve through Steam and then Oculus through through their Oculus Home or the Quest and, and you know, like yeah. They've, they've created these ecosystems and environments that are very well trusted by the people in the industry or people who are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where, whereas like, if you are, if you are that kind of like second tier or outsider brand of, of headset, you really need to bring something to the game that is, uh, you know, game changing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know that at this point from just an overall level, I don't even know where that would necessarily go. Right. Because, yeah. Because again, and I'm not trying to put Oculus Quest on some type of pedestal here, but at at the current moment, to me, it is 
uh, you know, if we're looking at just dollar value and pound for pound for pound value of like what you get out of it, it's it's really tough to beat, right? I think until you can put the capability of a a full like PC gaming system into a standalone headset, you know, th- that's gonna be that's gonna be tough to to beat what Oculus what the yeah. Quest has right now. No, you're right, right. And, and and I mean to counter, I guess what I was saying before, Sony seemed to have done a pretty damn good job of, you know, true, true. Yeah, yeah. the PlayStation VR. So it is definitely possible for, for new players to get into the space and make competent headsets. I just think, I mean, some of the unique problems that have to be solved to make good VR. I well, think so, Sony had a good foundation too. They and, really did. Yeah. And an ecosystem of their own kind of games developers and things like that, that yeah. they were able to pull people in with their exclusive content. Yeah, no. So they're they're definitely uh, a force right now in the VR space to be sure. And mm-hmm. and like I said, there's just there were so many you know special people I think working on Oculus, like working at Oculus, working for Valve, working for like you know a lot of the the kind of founding members of our current VR uh, movement right now. Uh-huh, so I, yeah. I think so. So now you're starting to see more companies kind of want to jump in on the periphery at least maybe not so much for the game space but because they see they're starting to see okay there's going to be something at, at least in the ar space you hear rumblings about apple and all these things so yeah. I, I think when you when you hear about that stuff you see what's happening at these bigger companies so you're a panasonic or an lg or like you want to have your foot in the door, so mm-hmm. to speak, but can, yeah, can, just a lot of those, a lot of those uh, devices to me, they're just kind of neat, but they're you know kind of throwaway. Can, can we take a moment to discuss the the like the little bit of Apple leaked Apple news? I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, about about their like AR glasses or I, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'm trying we, to remember if I don't think we got a chance to talk about it on the last state of VR, but yeah, there were r- rumblings about internal meetings at Apple that you know, that they're supposed to be releasing an AR and AR, AR slash VR glasses in 2022, I think. And well, then, I mean, sometime within the next couple of years. Yeah. And then, and then, so the, the initial headset is going to be kind of their, you know, just your, their foot into this space, but that whatever the successor is to that, they're thinking is going to be kind of the next iPhone for that. It's going to replace the iPhone yeah. for the next that, 10, that's, 15 that's years. That's what was fascinating to me because it's just like, I don't know. I mean, what, you know, what else can you do? Like the iPhones, iPhone and smartphones just in general have been like getting only incrementally better, right? Like better cameras, better, you know, faster processing, things like that. But that to me was, was actually really shocking that they viewed not necessarily VR, but you know, AR, I think is, is where they were going with, with the glasses and being able to, to kind of replace what we have right now in a way that like people can't really fathom. Right. But in in the same way, like, in 2005, people didn't really fathom a phone being able to stream Netflix. No. You know what I mean? And, and what I think is interesting, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the visionaries in the VR space and the people that have jumped mm-hmm. on board, uh, they all had the same kind of vision. They just had it kind of, er- they had it earlier, even earlier than we're seeing, you know, like an Apple talk about it now. Because yeah. uh, recently I've been listening to, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the history of the future, I believe, Blake Harris. It's a book mm-hmm. that's about the founding of Oculus. And mm-hmm. there's a lot okay. of kind of crossover uh, between Oculus, the early stages of Oculus and Valve. And then also uh, eventually Facebook comes into the picture. And yeah, a lot of like Michael Abrash, who was 
the big VR uh, visionary at Valve at the time, who later who later leaves for Oculus, um, when he was initially exploring it before uh, being introduced to the Oculus people, uh, he was kind of thinking about it from more of an AR perspective. And as he saw VR and he saw what Oculus was doing, that kind of convinced him that no, actually. I think VR is going to be the thing that's going to be compelling first. Yeah. It's going to be kind of the, the, you know, maybe sometime down the road, AR is going to be kind of the end all, but uh, for a long, we still have a long ways to go, but before that becomes reality. And I think he, he kind of shifted his mindset in terms of, wait, no, I think VR is actually the future we need to be focused on now. And and then, and then, and similar to when he was having that, kind of breakthrough in his mm-hmm. mind and thinking about all these things. Um, what it sounds like attracted Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook to Oculus was the same idea that like uh, Zuckerberg really believed that the next computing stage was going to be uh, something that had to be closer to the human eye, something that we were <laughs> going to like, basically whether it was going to be a contact or a glasses or something, yeah. there was going to be some kind of an interface that we were much more in connection with than our, our phones and, and Facebook kind of missed the mobile craze in terms of like, they were around before mobile hit. Right. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really like, they were kind of late to the game in terms of, they didn't develop like an Android or an iOS. They never got got into the hardware side. of Yeah. And, and, and so I think for them, they kind of viewed that as kind of a missed opportunity and they didn't want to miss the next opportunity Mm-hmm. And they they saw VR and Oculus, Oculus really being leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else in the space. They saw VR as being that next step, and and a lot of the things that now you're hearing, you know, internally at Apple, and like you're hearing more and more of these ideas that yeah, this is going to be where when the technology gets good enough, uh, this is where things are really yeah. moving. Yeah, it's 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 interesting and it's it's really intriguing. Yeah. We'll have to see how things go. Well, I mean, you think about the fact that Facebook, you know, between 2005 when, you know, 2004, 2005 when it launched and then 2016 when the, the Quest came out, you know, that's that's over a decade of building out the largest social platform, you know, that the world has ever seen with, with Facebook. And then not, not just Facebook, but rolling in um, – Instagram and WhatsApp into that, you know, like, I mean, they're responsible for how many social interactions and connections throughout the world on a daily basis. Um, and so like you were saying, right, like what connects us to the world now is our phones, you know, ever since yeah. the smartphone came in the iPhone in 2007 and kind of onwards from there, but may, you can, you can have Blackberry maybe a little bit before then, but it was <laughs> really, it was really the iPhone that, that kind of changed the game in terms of what we could do and how, uh, how, the diversity of ways we could interact with, you know, people online. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was such a smart play because, you know, that they're, they're not going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually one thing that we did have as a talking point here is, you know, um, there was an announcement that they were going to start using Oculus data to start doing targeted ads. Right. So for, for those of us who have a Facebook account connected through your Oculus account or connected to your Oculus account, you know, they're going to, they're going to start mining your data, which I would say, (laughs) 
you know, people are gonna people are gonna cry about it, but you know, you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah, that's what so it was kind of just, like the 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 worst kept secret ever. Like yeah, everyone, like, like you're literally buying hardware designed and owned by the com- by by Facebook, but company owned by Facebook. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like. You know, if, if you didn't want to to be anywhere remotely close to touching that world, like you sh- shouldn't have gotten should have gotten a Vive or should have gotten yeah. a you know a different headset. But you know, yeah. I, I I don't find it surprising. Obviously, like like any any other person, I I am very much for for data protection and data privacy, and I think that it should be um, you know it should be handled properly uh, as any reasonable person would expect. And even though Facebook has been caught several times with whatever. We're not going to get into that on the podcast. I'm just saying for people crying about the fact that Facebook is planning to use your data to, to target ads to you and try to sell things to you. Um, not surprising. I don't see why there's like, you know, there's really no need for people to have a big outcry about it. Uh, to me, yeah. it was just a matter of time. Yeah, no, I agree. It, like I said, I was totally expecting it. In fact, I was kind of surprised that that hadn't already been the case before the announcement yeah. was made. Like I, I, I almost felt like it was an, yeah, I almost felt like it was an obvious, okay. Mm-hmm. Like this, whenever these can, these, uh, whenever these accounts merge together, that's just going to be what's happening. Like I just assumed that's what was happening. So, and then, and I'm someone who doesn't really have an active Facebook account and doesn't really. So, I mean, these things don't bother me as much just because yeah, I don't yeah. have as much, data kind of, you know, connected to it all. But again, it's one of those things like uh, most of this stuff, at least from, from my perspective, it's all innocuous. It's like, it, mm-hmm. if anything, sometimes things like that can bother you when you're online, but it's not, if it's done in a smart way and it's not intrusive, then I, I don't really care about it. So. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, the thing is, yeah. I, I completely, I completely understand any and everyone's, you know, concern I yeah. just, I just don't think that the surprise and outcry is really warranted. You know, yeah, people, yeah. people should see that one coming. I, you know, as somebody who does have their Facebook account connected to to Oculus, like, yeah, I, I hope that my data is used professionally and, uh, you know, with, with privacy being the number one priority. Um, but that's that's a whole other issue that is now delving into even some you know some political areas as well yeah. in terms of regulation. Topic, so topics above our our pay grade. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not what, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, you know, I, I there's there's smarter people than than you and I that that handle this and can tackle it. But um, to me, I just I guess my my comment is that I'm not really surprised about the fact that they're that they're sure. doing that, and I'm just I'm curious more so about when we will start to see targeted VR ads. Mm. So, you know, like you jump into Oculus home and, you know, you have your, your kind of like virtual room or apartment or whatever you're in. And there's like uh, a little billboard on the side of your room or or outside the window. Just don't don't make me pay to have my room, like, you know, advertising (laughs) free. That's that's like the only thing that like, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if and when that's going to come. Like, uh, you know, there's if there's one thing I know for sure, though, it's that Facebook will figure out a way to to monetize the ad platform well. Yeah. Right. And, and um, you know, th- they're doing it now with with first Facebook and Instagram, uh, first Facebook and then Instagram. So it's it's going to happen and be fully in- integrated with Oculus. I, I would imagine Facebook Horizons is going to be their big. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think uh, again, like get, getting back to the book that I've I've been 
uh, reading. I need to jump um, into this book. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, getting back into that, I mean, from the beginning, you know, when Facebook and Oculus, you know, when when Oculus agreed to allow Facebook to buy them, the, they basically, like, one of the big selling points was that they were going to be able to, like, cr having the largest social network in the world, like you just mentioned, was a situation that they could bring that network to VR in a way that could produce this, you know, this whole other way of interacting with, with everyone, you know, yeah. in the virtual space. And I don't think that that's came to fruition yet. I think, Oh, not even close. Yeah. yeah Facebook horizons, I think is, is really like, w like, I mean, they made a, a pretty big announcement at mm -hmm. Oculus connect six with that stuff. But I think, me listening to this book again and, and kind of, you know, realizing kind of how big a part of their plan, the whole social aspect is, I think this is going to be there. I think they're putting a ton of resources and a ton of, uh, of time and energy into making this their big platform push. So yeah, I would expect to see a lot of monetization and, and marketing and advertising, all that stuff mm -hmm. somehow finding its way into that stuff. But yeah, and I mean fa Facebook. You know, I feel like they're always they're always like doing something, right? Like, yeah, I, f I felt like a couple years ago, billboards that I would see around would be you know pushing for Facebook Live and really trying to push the the live aspect of Facebook. And I'm not sure how successful that that play was. You know, I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, for me personally, I don't tune in to any like Facebook Live shows or or things like that. Um, but now a lot of, a lot of what I'm seeing from Facebook is like Facebook groups. Right. So, um, there, I think, I think what they're trying to do is like, instead of you having this kind of endless feed, including people you've met once, you know, tangentially through a friend of a friend and seeing their life updates that don't have any relevance to you. I think they're really pushing this, like set up groups of people that like a you, more curated experience for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. So they're always, to me, to me, Facebook is always like tweaking and testing things and trying to push what makes the most sense, right? So with the announcement of Horizons, I, I'm totally, uh, totally with you on that, that this is going to be something that when it hits the certain scale that it needs to, mm -hmm. um, they're going to put a lot, if they haven't already started putting a lot of resources behind it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I'm curious I, actually, I don't even know. Do we know the numbers for you know total number of Quest and Rift S headsets Good out in the question. world now? I don't. I don't we'll, think that's so. fine. We'll, yeah. I mean, we'll look it up. But the thing is, like, at this point right now, it's it's not even really relevant because of the fact that like the demand is still so strong, right? So, so whatever whatever the number is right now, we know that it is going to grow. Um, at an even higher rate, probably during 2020, as more and more content comes out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't, I, I don't think I can see Facebook launching another headset this year. So I think for, for them, it's going to be, you know, their marketing dollars will probably be towards a lot of the experiences and software rather than hardware this year. Yeah, no, I think, so. and, and, and kind of like we were talking about before, I think that this is kind of, I think whatever the next headsets are from these major companies, I think they have to be much, much different, mm -hmm. like either in terms of, their capabilities or in terms of form factor, I think there has to be like, we've had more incremental, uh, you know, upgrades yeah. to, from when they, when the first consumer headsets released till now. But I think the next push is going to be something more dramatic. 
And so I think that that's going to take a little bit more time. So yeah, exactly. So well, that, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. I mean, we'll, we'll maybe see not. like to, to me, I mean, I'm, I mean, you and I are both, you know, we, we both have iPhones, so we're both very much in the Apple ecosystem. So, excuse me, as somebody who, who owns Apple, you know, Apple products, I am very excited to see what kind of splash they can make in, into, into the space. And the thing is like, we, we don't know, like who knows what else might come out. Like I, I've been hearing, um, I remember reading this this article, and it was more so like a, a finance article talking about the future of, of Snap Inc. and, and Snapchat. But yeah. you know, the technology they have when it comes to to AR yeah. is is pretty high, and and they were yeah. one of the first ones to launch a quote unquote like AR or like kind of headset, not headset, but like they have the, the spectacles. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't know if there's any if there's been any reports about what they're working on underground, but like there's another company that could you know completely turn around the core of its business if they were to shift towards a space that is very much growing and they are very far ahead on the software side of the technology. Yeah, so, I agree. No, I think the software side is key and mm-hmm. you're right. Like there's, I think sometimes, yeah, like there are surprising people behind the scenes that have worked on this stuff longer and in more depth than we, uh, we sometimes know. So exactly. It, so. It, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always interesting. Like I hope more and more players, I mean, I, Again, like right now, I think Oculus has been really the biggest. Mm-hmm. They've just Facebook's put the most amount of money into research and development. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I, I think early on it was Oculus and Valve together, like kind of neck and neck in terms of what kind of breakthroughs were being made. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I just get the sense that Facebook just just put mo- more and more and more and more money into this, and yeah. and I think that's why. Like a lot of the, uh, like from the software side, they're making such big uh, advances. And I think Valve's done a lot with the index to kind of catch up. And Steam VR has actually had, like, a, I don't know if this is something you, but in, yeah, since our last, some of our last state of VR updates, uh, there have been some major uh, updates to Steam VR that have made it much, much better, uh, more robust, just in terms of like what you're able to do in Steam VR. So, uh, so yeah, so both of those companies have put tons of money and resources on their own into it. Facebook obviously is kind of like a, like its own kind of juggernaut in terms of what yeah. its resources are, but there are a lot of other big companies that have a ton to gain from being in this marketplace as well. And I, I think one of the, one of the conversations I had at Oculus connect with, I think, uh, I don't know the, I think. Richard from Richie's Plank Experience and some mm-hmm. others were saying like, you best believe that this, uh, yeah, no, yeah, you best believe that uh, Facebook isn't going to be the only big player in the VR space at some point in the future. Yeah. Like yeah, whether that be Apple or whether that, like at some point they're getting a huge head start. Mm-hmm. Like I think Facebook was really smart to do what they did because they have a, 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 a vital head start. Yeah. But in order to keep that head start, they're going to have to continue to pour money. Like, and when these other big companies come in, they're going to have to continue to outspend those big companies in order to continue to stay ahead. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like a short term. We put in a bunch of money in 2016, and now we're just going to, you know, now we can sit. <laughs> on not, Laurel they're and, not just going to coast. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. So I. Yeah. I think it would be foolish. Like I. I don't think any of these companies, including Facebook, thinks that what they spent by this point is already in, is, is enough, you know, mm-hmm. and this is just like the kind of the first play 
of a very long game. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I hope like you that there are going to be many other, many other players that come into this and stuff that, you know, we haven't even seen yet that at the end of the day, and I've said this many, many times, but I will say it again. I think competition is great for any industry. So being able to see companies kind of push the limit, push each other to innovate and create the best consumer products out there. I mean, as a consumer, I love that, right? So, uh, and especially in an industry like this, where this technology is, you know, I mean, even Apple views it as as kind of game changing as what the iPhone was and what the smartphone was to how we interact with the world around us. You know, there's there's a lot of development, which which kind of leads me to, you know, maybe, maybe we can end out the episode uh, with because we're, we're getting we're getting a little speculative right now, right? <laughs> yeah. But we're. You, Ronnie, you and I are here, and let's. Well, I, I would love for us to like put some predictions and what the next ten years will look like, and we can see how this ages will will come back and oh, and, and clip this out. But um, a lot let's fire people than than us have tried this and done a yeah, yeah, but, but, to... but I mean we, that's whatever. That's yeah. that's fine. Here, 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 so here's here's my question for you. Let's let's try to make it somewhat specific, um, or, or just give it some guidelines. So it's not an open ended sure. question, right? But like, where do you, let's, let's say 10 years. So this decade, right? So December 31st, 2029, with what you know right now, with what you've seen, I mean, you and I have kind of been, been knee deep in this industry um, since, since 2016, since the launch of these headsets, you probably even, even, you know, well before that, but you know, where, where do you kind of see things going in the next decade? And 10 years is a long time. So, you know, yeah. like, I, okay, so I, yeah, I, I feel comfortable saying at the very least, if we don't have AR, like fully transparent AR glasses where you're actually seeing the real world through your own, like, you know, it, so, so obviously, like, the end goal we would want would be AR glasses that, you know, you can just see through your, the lenses just like a, a normal, pair of glasses mm -hmm. and then it's just creating you know digital imagery that just seamlessly overlays it the real world and just looks like it blends in perfectly with your world and it adds all kinds of information and features and allows you to do all kinds of it i don't i'm not sure that we'll be there in 10 years but mm -hmm. i'm pretty confident that we'll have a, a light form factor version of vr headsets that we have today so something mm -hmm something more akin to normal pairs of glasses, but instead of being able to like see through and create images that way, I think at the very least it will have kind of pass through camera technology, similar mm -hmm. to what we have in like the quest. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like with the quest right now, how when you're using the, the pass through cameras, you can see the world around you and it's laying imagery over it. And it looks really convincing. I think that technology will be very it'll it'll be so good that it will almost be as good as you know being able to just use your own eyes yeah so so i don't see people really using ar glasses yet like just everywhere outside but i can see situations where in certain environments like be it like the office or your home or if you're on a train possibly mm -hmm. uh, but like in closed environments being able to put on some kind of a like a, 
like a glasses or small headset and being able to uh, stay in that space and, and interact with not only like the world around you when you need to, but also having VR type uh, experiences when you want to that cut you cut yourself yeah. off from the world. And it, and it kind of just being this one device that can do either or. Mm-hmm. I see that being a real possibility within the next 10 years. So I, I think, and, and I'm probably not being aggressive enough. Like mm-hmm. maybe in 10 years, we'll have those amazing AR glasses that, you know, are literally just like in the movies where <laughs> like, you know, just displays are just like reading everywhere and all that. Reading but, everything. Yeah. But, but I, I just have a feeling that it's more realistic to assume we're going to have really, really, really good versions of the stuff we have now. Um, but to the point where there it's convenient, it's easy. I think the, the software is going to be much better developed so that I think like hand tracking and all that kind of stuff, like more gesture based uh, stuff will be more prevalent because I think if you're using a headset all the time, Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing a specific game that needs like joysticks and, and buttons and stuff, which obviously I think will still exist for games. Um, but when you don't need that stuff, I think like and in situations where you just aren't going to want to carry something with you, I think in the I think the UI is going to have to work and I think we'll get there. It'll work so well that you can just use your hands and not worry about, you know, not being able to to interact properly yeah so i think i think you'll just have this headset that um through through either your eyes or or your hands you'll be able to interact with really really easily Mm -hmm. i I don't think like voice recognition stuff is going to be like you just can't talk to yourself in front of other people and in lots of it's like i I totally think you will be able to talk to yourself but you will be able to like i i think you'll be able to but I just think you need more than that in order to make a product that, like, like True. imagine if your if your if your phone you had to talk to for everything, like, mm-hmm. like it's a combination, you know. Like, imagine if you're on a train and everything that you were doing on your phone you had to say out loud, like it just would. True. So, so yeah. I'm saying like it. I, I like I think I think there will be like I I'm confident that we'll figure out a way around those those software things. So, and uh, yeah, and I think the battery life will be great. And I think with foveated rendering and all that kind of stuff, like with like with more advanced ways of of being more efficient with mm-hmm. like computer graphics and all that stuff, I think you'll be able to have a really powerful device that's uh, standalone that doesn't need a ton of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from five G and all this stuff, I think we'll be even more connected. So maybe yeah. like three D video and like. You know, a lot of the VR media stuff that we use today, I think that will be easily streamed. So yeah. you need to like connect to stuff for that. Um, so yeah. And I, oh, and, th- and that's the other thing. I think that because these cameras on your person will be so, so much more prevalent, I do think that like when I saw at, at Oculus Connect the video of yeah, we foresee like eventually like cameras on a- like AR cameras and VR cameras kind of capturing all internal spaces and mm-hmm. like being able to know like when someone pulls out a chair and all that stuff, like having all that stuff mapped out almost like Google Maps. Yeah. That just looked too compelling to me to not be something that happens. So mm-hmm. I, foresee, 
I foresee, uh, yeah, like uh, uh, interior spaces being mapped out and utilized with these AR uh, and VR applications, as well as like Google Maps works for us today. So there will be a lot of advances in terms of, I think, mapping interior spaces the same way that we kind of use GPS stuff now. Hmm. Um, that's a fascinating way to look at it. Cool. Yeah. That, I, I think that that's probably, cause that's, that's kind of a natural extension of having a camera on your face at all times. Is yeah. Someone being able to capture that data and then using that data to, to help us in other ways that, you know, it might seem kind of creepy to be, be can't video like recording everything until you see all the things that it, Helps your life with. Helps, and, yeah, helps. And then you're like, okay, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Once you see how it's used in the aggregate, right? Yeah. So that's what that's kind of what I'm thinking. And in terms of players, like in the space, I think it'll be kind of that. Might, that might be too specific. I think it's hard to say because a company can come out of nowhere in 2025 yeah. and make a huge dent. You know? Yeah. But but I I think gaming will be bigger um, than it is now. But I think that the biggest I think influx of new users are going to be people that are using these types of things for non-gaming applications, just for mm-hmm. um, just for all kinds of stuff. And I'm in a work think, setting too. Yeah, I think I think that kind of I, and I really think social interactions. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if some of those tech demos that you see from Facebook end up being able to to manifest themselves in reality, like if you can project yourself as a 3d model realistically into VR where it looks like you and talks like you and like, like just like I'm looking at you in video form now on the screen, but instead of you just being a flat image, I could see you in a VR head. If I, if Mm -hmm. I can jump into VR and see you as good as you look like right now. Thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) But like, but like, you know, if if I could could literally be in the same room with you, Zane, and you look like Zane, just like as if I were meeting with you in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's something that can easily be done. Then I think, like t- everyone would have one. Yeah. Like, like just it, like if if you took just something as simple as video conferencing, and made it as personal as VR interactions are now, but way more so by actually having like taking those ab- abstraction levels away. Like right now, you kind of have to have a big imagination to realize the potential for some of this stuff when you sit mm-hmm. in like a big screen room and like, yeah. I see like, you know, your little floating circle with little floating triangle well, hands and he, like, here's, cool. Right. But like, but I'm saying take those levels of abstraction out and literally just have ourselves in those positions and you're sitting in the same spaces. Like, I think that's a game changer. I think like, yeah. I think people would have it just to do that. So here's the thing, though, right? Like, I'm glad you mentioned big, uh, big screen because I was gonna, I was gonna say something about it too. That experience of like, you know, being in the big screen rooms with you, whether we were just meeting or watching something, or whatever the case is, like, that experience is so visceral in terms of like, yeah, it's like an avatar, cartoonish almost avatar of you, but almost kind of feeling you metaphysically in the space the the 360 audio kind of like you know what i mean like yeah. it's the to me the foundation for that is already there right? it is so that's why, that's why i'm saying these things will happen like yeah so, the, so, the so fact that we've seen like these early mm-hmm. yeah so the, the foundation 
the foundation is already there. I don't think, I mean, of course, I'm not saying the technology is easy to develop, but I'm saying that it is very much possible now that the foundation is there to be able to get something that can map your face, starting off first with just your facial expressions or your mouth or something, you yeah. know what I mean? And then slowly kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, so. it's gonna get there because just the basic, basic experience right now yeah. is, is almost, I don't know how to say it. I mean, obviously it's not like the real thing. Right. But, um, you know, like I, to me that it's, it's really, really cool. I'm I'm, I'm running, I'm running out of, uh, sophisticated words to describe it in terms of just like what I I don't, I can't put it into proper words of like what that experience is like in big screen. But all I'm saying is that the foundation for what I think it's trying to get to is already there. And really it's just going to be a lot of the aesthetics of getting, the you know whether we choose to have digital avatars or whether we have technology that can recreate our faces, our bodies, and everything uh, in that space, whatever that ends up being, I think it's it's going to be super cool, and it's it's definitely possible. And to me, it's definitely possible within the next ten years, considering how far we've progressed in just the last three or four. Yeah, no, I agree. And and again, like I think these last three or four years, like on one hand, we've made giant leaps and bounds because other technology had already made those leaps and bounds and just like the, Mm -hmm. the, the puzzle pieces hadn't been put together yet. Like, like basically people had to go and connect all the dots of technology, technological advances that have been kind of happening for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. And like, so we kind of made some, some leaps forward quickly in terms of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of like, I think when people started getting what VR could be, in trying the current yeah. forms of VR, they're starting to understand more what is so compelling about it and what what do we need to develop further to like hundred yeah. percent people are working on a lot of the problems you mentioned. And again, like I it for me, I tend to think in terms of all right, if we could make this work perfectly, would this be something that's compelling? And if it is, then it's totally worth figuring out. Worth trying to figure out. Yeah. yeah. So that's what like, and, and like that concept alone of that, of being able to be with people from far distances in, in the space with them together. Like if you could make that work where it wasn't uncomfortable and it was seamless and easy to do, like that's something that everyone would use. Yeah. Just, just hands down. Like, like if you could, if, yeah, so both, both from an enterprise perspective and and social perspective. Yeah, right? so, think so and, and I think it's possible. So yeah. so I think we'll get there. I, and 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 likewise with some of this AR, like like I said, I I would love to think of a day where like in some of this stuff is like you can only think of things within your own context. So like I'm not a futurist. Yeah. I can't like uh, you know who was it? I think Asimov or someone said. Like if, if you can think of what the future is going to be like, then it's, most likely it's going, it's like you're way underestimating what's actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I mean, I feel like humans just tend to think of like very marginal, um, marginal kind of iterations of things, right? Like yeah. it's just like, okay, how can we make this, this a little bit better than what we have it right now, rather than something that is completely out of left field. Um, and, but that's, that's more generally, what what ends up happening when we have big technological shifts so um but yeah no i mean right now i think the thing that i have to kind of wrap my head around sometimes and kind of think outside the box in terms of like i'm i'm i've been 
in this VR space for so long now, you have been too, that we like limit ourselves, I think sometimes, or at least I do, um, in terms of like what VR is now. Like I mm -hmm. think of it as like this thing that I strap onto my head and I play computer games in with the like, controllers and stuff. Yeah. And that is what it is. But at the same time, I think what's so compelling about what virtual reality will become and what its potential is, is that really what virtual virtual reality is all about is being able to take all the advancements we're making in computer technology generally and use that to actually just generate like an alternate reality that mm -hmm. we can experience. And whether that like whatever the best way to get that to us, like if, if, if eventually we're plugging straight into our brain or like, like all of these things that we're doing now to like put screens in front of our eyes and headphones and all this stuff. Like mm -hmm. this is the way we know how to do it now. But I mean, the ultimate idea of just being able to create like something so immersive and so compelling that you're transported to a different place and a different reality altogether. Yeah. is something that is so like crazy. And so like, but at the same time, so compelling like that's what's so exciting about this space. It's not like where we are now. It's where we could potentially be and figuring out all of the things that we can do to get closer mm -hmm. and closer to that goal. Yeah, so. I agree. I, I think, and it's also just the nature of, of what it is, right. And, and how, how, you know, VR specifically almost, it, I mean, not almost, it, it mimics reality. Right. So, so to me, it's very easy to have, a giant imagination when it comes to these things, right? Like when you look at other technologies, you know, and, and again, I'm talking very, very generally, like other technologies, like you see what you have and then you, you know, you, you kind of think of like, okay, what are some areas of improvement here or there or whatever? Like when it comes to VR, because of the way that it mimics reality, right? So like I, I, budget cuts comes to mind, right? The first time you like can pick things up and throw things around, like, you start realizing that you can interact with this virtual world that is mimicking what your actual reality is like, right? So since, since we're trying to map almost on a one-to-one -one level that virtual experience with our real human experience, there's so much that we can draw on in terms of like, okay, well, we have a blueprint because we live, we live that experience every single day. How do we get that to this? And the crazy thing is that's like, that's like even only scratching the surface because at some point, exactly. yep. at some point you can expand past what reality allows you to do. Yep. Like well, eventually. And, that, and that's, it's really exciting. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. It's really interesting stuff. So no, that, that stuff just makes me like, yeah, we're just like, you know, we're kind of just at the very early stages of this, of this, <laughs> of this awesome, like, yeah, I, man. yeah. I, I mean, no, I, I'm just, I'm just big on like tech in general. I mean, the, I think one of the, the things that always gives me like perspective, and this isn't, you know, necessarily uh, VR related, but you think about, um, you know, just the span of human history, right? Tens of thousands of years that, uh, you know, our evolved monkey ape, you know, evolution <laughs> have, have kind of been, can, been walking around and the internet is what? 25 maybe 30 yeah, years happened. old yeah. and, and just how it has transformed the human experience in terms of connecting us providing information like i like we are totally at the beginning of something i think that this is you know i don't know maybe call me and an optimist all, but yeah. I, no, I think, all these are extensions of that like the internet yeah, is exactly, arguably yeah. like the first version of the metaverse right mm -hmm. <laughs>
And now we're just finding ways to like get ourselves inside of it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Or create worlds inside of it. And then yeah, escape, exactly. <laughs> and then escape to them. <laughs> oh man. So. But no, it's, it's really exciting stuff. So, and I'm, I'm excited about the coming year. Like just in terms of like we were saying at the beginning, it's not a big soft, like it's not a big hardware year, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a big software year. I mean, Half-Life Alex is going to be huge, of course. Yeah. And I'm really excited just to find out more about uh, what other, uh, you know, unexpected announcements might be coming this year. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think Facebook is obviously working on some big things. They're always like they they've released some big titles in 2019. Yeah. Stormland was huge. Asgard's Wrath was huge for them. Uh, they've obviously been pushing a lot of stuff on the Quest as well, mm-hmm. and they've been making a lot of hardware advance like not hardware, but a lot of software advances that add cool features to the quest. Yep. Um, so, but most of what they announced at, at uh, Oculus connect six minus Facebook horizons, all that stuff has kind of already came out. So, yeah. so, so I'm just saying that they're obviously working on a lot of cool stuff right now that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that stuff, seeing how the public reacts to, you know, what is going to ostensibly be the biggest uh, gaming release that's came out since VR has, you know, mm-hmm. existed, which is going to be the Half-Life game. And and then, yeah, just see where things go from there. So, and we didn't even get into in this discussion, like I've been playing Boneworks and having a great time with that. Um, I've been playing uh, just all kinds of stuff. I'm still, we're super behind in terms of, yeah. I know we have, well, we'll, we'll save that for another episode where we can, we can yeah. dive in more fully. But yeah, but, but we have tons of games that like really the end of 2019 was a big release. Uh, like there was just a ton of, There's so of much releases content. Coming so out. Much content yeah, yeah. At the end of 2019 and it's all really high quality. Like the types of games that are coming out now versus what we used to have to cover are so much more in depth. And so, so great. Yeah. Um, but I think as long as the hardware ecosystem can catch up and people can buy the headsets, um, people need to, uh, you know, support these developers and buy because we're getting a lot of great, great uh, software out there. I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think. I think we have the potential to have a really healthy ecosystem here in the future. Oh yeah, and I mean. It's it's building in different pockets, you know, with with Steam, Oculus, and potentially others. But you know, at, at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of really cool things happening all across the board. Um, like you said, there's so much for us to still catch up on. I feel like we're always behind the eight ball. It's yeah. it's like one of those good problems to have, right? Like there's just so much so much content and experiences for us to like really just wrap our heads around, and you know, en- enough to be able to talk about on the show. Um, but then like we're we're stuck here. Not, I shouldn't say stuck. We're like, you know, in these experiences, catching up with these experiences, also looking ahead and being excited about what's coming down the pipeline um, because it's just, you know, like whatever we're playing now, like this was designed, you know, maybe a year ago, potentially yeah. even started two years ago. Like, can you imagine what is being designed now that'll come out next year? You know, like it's just yeah. with how quickly things, uh, things innovate and progress, like there's, yeah, I, I can't wait. So, so 2020, this decade in general, like there's there's going to be a lot of really cool things. Yeah, um, right. just across the board with technology, but VR specifically, um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. So it was a little bit late in uh, 2020, but this is officially our first episode of the new year. So it is, yes. Uh, so that so it was it was great that we 
got a chance to kind of look ahead for the next 10 years. I think that was, <laughs> that was a really good, a smart move on your part. I just, I just want to have something where either we can, we can go back and in 10 years we can clip this and be like, Oh my God, look at what we got. Right. Or yeah. we'll, we'll clip it and just laugh at ourselves. All right. So 20 is going to be 2030. So man. Yep. Yeah. What will we be doing? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I think you were playing it safe with your answer. To me, I, I I'm probably a little yeah. bit more optimistic, thinking a little bit. I was ahead. very safe. Not, yeah. The more and more I think about it, I mean, supposedly we're not even going to be using phones by then, right? Here, so here, here, here's my thing, and I'm, I won't even get into specifics, but just to kind of wrap things up, I think about the fact that you know the original iPhone came out in two two thousand seven, right? And so the I don't know if it was the iPhone 6 or 6S or somewhere around there came out, you know, or even if the iPhone 5 or, or like the difference between like the iPhone 6 and the original iPhone was tremendous, right? Yeah. Like just the capability. So let, we're looking at about a six, six to eight year, six to eight years between the iPhone and the iPhone like 6 or 6S, how, you know, wherever that plays out. I forgot what years they came out uh, exactly. But there's a tremendous difference. So if Apple is looking to launch its first headset or uh, yeah headset in 2022, I just think whatever whatever we see in 2022, whatever we we're thinking of is gonna be there or close to it in 2022. So yeah. I can't even imagine eight years down the line what what that you know the technological progression of that technology if it's launching in 2022 or 2023, like what that'll look like six or seven years later. No, you're right. It'll so, probably be. No, I know. Yeah, let, we'll see. It won't even matter. We'll be living on Mars at that point, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or, or we won't even be here. So. Or we won't even be here. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Cool, man. Well, this was fun as always. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Uh, Ronnie and I are finally done kind of just with this post-holiday, post-New Year's blues and, and craziness. So we are back to uh, – we're getting back to a normal schedule here. Um, let us know what you think. Tweet at us. Shoot us an email. You know, we'd love to hear your experiences. Maybe we can even do this uh, in a future episode where we would love to get your thoughts on where you think the next decade is going, um, and you know, some of your your ideas. And maybe what we'll do is, if if there's some really creative ones that that we get, or people have some outside the box ideas, uh, we'll mention them here and give our thoughts. So so tweet at us. We'll we'll, we'll put that up in a future episode. And um, in the meantime. Keep on playing some some cool games. Let us know what you guys are playing. Uh, we will do the same, and we will start getting uh, you know some more game reviews, game talk episodes, and and news episodes out to you as we're we're rounding the corner here. Because I know we got GDC coming up uh, in a couple months, and yeah, man. I mean, 2020, 2020 is going to be a fun year. I'm excited. I am too. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you all next time. Take care. <laughs>